Dan Pasik Aleph Tavav and Dalan Pegimel. Before going to the next section of this Kippadil, I wanted to share an idea or two which we didn't mention last time. We spoke about the steer, the contradiction between, on the one hand, Mikamocha Be'elim, Mikamocha Bilmim, accepting, appreciating, knowing that Hashem is totally in control of everything and in His quiet, is tremendous cough and strength and how can we question or ask or anything and that being one mode and one way of thinking and then on the other hand it's Elohim al-Domilach v'al-Techrash v'al-Tishko kel in Pusik Beis but I miss an important element which is that if we just step back and think about what Pusik Beis is saying on itself it's really shocking imagine yourself speaking to someone else like this we're speaking to the Bori Ko'olamim, Hashem, the one who made the world, the Yeshmi'ayin, the one who knows all, the one who sees all. But what are we saying to him? Don't be quiet, don't be silent, and don't be quiet. We don't, we don't say no, we don't say please, we don't say thank you. It's a demand. And it's, and it's shocking when you step back and think about that. And I don't know how to apply this in when we say it, when we don't say it. Obviously, when we're saying till and pay gimels, and Asaf said it, and David put it into his holy tilim. We can say it, but the idea of that, and and that just makes the contrast that we discussed last time between the al damiloch and mikamocha bilmim much greater. And it's really it's really shocking. Think about someone you know, if it's your boss, if it's a friend, if it's a rav, a well worked out person, someone who's calculated, someone who thinks about something who's good, someone who knows he does the good. And you walk into their office and you say, not, oh, I was wondering I had a suggestion, perhaps, maybe this would be a good way to do things. Do you think that, is this a possibility? Demand. Don't be quiet. There's an issue here. I want action now. That is what we're saying. It's, it's really shocking. Pasik Vav. So we discussed last time, Psukim Dalit, Hey Vav how they work together, the general plan, the big picture, and then the specifics. There are two things I wanted to share about the idea of Brisek Rosu. They, they uh, make a covenant. First, what we saw already, the idea that when you're going against the Klai Yisrael, you're going against the Shem. What we saw when we looked at Pasuk Gimel, Yivecha, Yemayun, Misanecha, your enemies, your haters, what do they do? Al-Amcha, Yerimusod. And we see that again. Alecha, on bris yichrosu, it's a bris on you. They're coming to destroy Klai Yisrael, but it's a bris against you. It's a covenant against you. When, when the Umas Olam go against God's people, it's a covenant against Hashem. And Rav Hirsch, so brought, says that a beautiful idea that, that we're about to see all the Umas that got together, but it's Alecha Brich Yisrosu, they put aside their Internal battles. We know how many battles non-Jews have. We know how many battles, if you want to put it contextually, Arabs have family wars, family feuds. In Israel, they're killing each other all the time. Every night you turn on the news, another one, another, uh, another one. And But Alecha Brichis all that they put aside for their dastardly uh, kavanas against Klaistral, against God's people. Now, who is it that in this historical battle... And I believe I mentioned last time that the Malbim tracks us to the Yom and Bays a time 
when Yehoshaphat was the Melech, that they were coming against him. And who was it? So let's see. It's Pasuk Zion. Ole Edom, Ishmaelim, the tents of Edom and Ishmael. Edom, of course, is Esav. And the son of Yitzchak, brother of Yaakov, twin brother of Yaakov, Ishmaelim is Avram's son. And that would make him Edom's uncle. And also Esav, we're talking about, you know, a few doors back, right? I was talking about their generations later, but these are the Shorish partners, the roots of these nations. They're Edomites that come from Esav, Ishmaelim that come from Ishmael. Ishmael and Edom, not only was Ishmael Edom's uncle, he was also his father-in-law. As we say in the Slichos, Kalei Sa'ir Vechotno, get rid of Sa'ir and his Choten and his father-in-law. So that's that. Now, why do we say Oel? What's the idea of Oel? So I saw a shot that the idea is Oel means that they're there for a long time. It's not just a one-time battle. They're pitching their tents, tents, Oelim or tents, pitching their tents and ready to ready for in long uh, engaged battle. I'll share from the Radak. They're ready for a long battle if it doesn't go quickly. That's what the OL signifies. Then we go into all these other ones. Moab, of course, was Moab was Lot's older daughter who had an ancestral relationship with Lot. The Hagrim, the Farshim say Hagrim, you see the word Hagar there. Hagar, of course, was Sarah's maidservant, Yishmael's mother, Yishmael's mother. And the Farshim say that these were the children of Hagar from a different father. So they're therefore half brothers of Yishmael. So this is all in Pasik Zion, is all, so to speak, family members, right? Family that went off in the most terrible, terrible, radical way. Gval, this I saw in the Siddur Malchus Telem, says they're B'nai Seir. Seir, of course, is Lush another language for Edom, so it's somewhere also in that family. And then Amon, <laughs> Amon, Amon, Amon is a younger daughter of Lot, and also part of the Mishpacha, right? Vamalik is Esav's grandson. So the first, let's see, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven nations involved. They're all that, those that were close and then went so, so far away. Amalek being, of course, the epitome of Ra, Enoshem Shalom, Enoshem Shalom. The one who's totally against us, always there to hit us. Anytime we move the wrong way, they will be there, and they are there. But I thought that was quite amazing, according to the, the Mepharshim about Hagram, where you see the word Hagar and, and, and Gval, that these were all nations that were part of that family. Why is the why are the first ones here Edom Vishmal? What is that? They might say they're the, they're the oldest, but we put Adam before Yishmael. And also, if you look in Dereyam, Beis, I believe it's Perikaf, that the Malbim, again, connected that 
parsha in Devarim to this part of Tehillim. Doesn't even mention there, as I saw, it doesn't even mention Esav and Yishmael. So it's fascinating. Here, Yishmael is listed first, and there, it's not even listed. So, two questions. So I was thinking like this: the um, Gross says a tremendous thing that we talk about seventy nations of the world. But from the 70 nations, there are really two leaders of the nations. And the nations, the two leaders of the nations, are Edom and Yishmael. And they, in a certain way, are not even part of the count of the 70. The Grah says somewhere else. The Grah, in his most wondrous way, and a lot of times, we, of course, it's always good to bring back to the base manager of the Grah in this, these, these Tehillim uh, episodes, which are really part of Shemanis Explained, the Gros says we have the 70 parim and that are connected the days of Sukkot and they go down from 70 to 0 and the Seder is 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. And let me quickly mention that on day 1, 2, and 4 in the same Sukkot which we're referring to the parim when we talk about the Chatas, the sin offering which is a Sayer, which is a goat one place it says Sir Izim Lechatat and one place says I believe uh, Lechatas Sir lechatas, well, right? Sometimes it says sir izim lechatas, sometimes it says sir chatas, and this is unbelievable. Where it says sir izim lechatas is on day one, two, and day four. So if you add it up, that day one, two, and day four are all together. Day one is if we talk about the parim that are against those izim sir izim, then the number is thirteen twelve, which is twenty five plus day four is ten, which is thirty five. So the Gras says, when we refer to Sir Izim Lechata, we're referring to the nations that are part of the Shmuel camp. And we're talking about Sir Chatat, which we don't mention the A's. The A's is against Ishmael. That would be day three, five, six, seven, which also and uh, counts up to 35. Those are the 35 nations which are against um, Asim. So, which I, it's just the niflos of the grow, the wondrous, wondrousness that he saw things and then he picked up on things and explained things to us and taught us such amazing insights. So I was thinking that could be why specifically here we mentioned Esav and Yishmael first, because they're the Shoshim, they're, they're the Rosh, they're the leaders, right? And if you want to take another step, it could be that would explain the question I asked on the Malbim, that it could be they weren't actually there, right? The push-up shot of the Tilmas first sounds like they were there, O-L, and they're O-L. But it could be in a certain way they weren't physically there, they're even very minor in the battle, but they were the spiritual, the idealistic um, leaders of the battle. Like, just so you'd say, like, I see the Koch in Germany, I see the Nazi Koch in, in, in Uruguay or in, or in Argentina. There's no Germans there right, anymore, at least, right? But, the, but that's, this, is, this is the charge of, this is Nazism. This is, this is what Hitler wanted. This is what Amalek wants. This is what's going further. So perhaps that's an idea there. Okay, so we spoke about the terrible family, and then we have... In Pasik Chazik Val Vamon, Vamalik, Pleshes, in Yoshvitzur. Pleshes, of course, is Palestinia, which was, I believe, biblically somewhere on the coast and close to where Az is today. In fact, I don't think it was limited necessarily there, but it's around that area, which is more to the south of Eretz Yisrael. And Yoshvitzur, Tzur is Tyr, which is way up in Lebanon. So that's really getting like the north of the south on the Mediterranean side. And then we have Gam Osher Nilvo Yimam Hayzroa Lod Sela. 
Usher also accompanied them, like Levaya, right? Achilashtia Levaya, Nilva, Malava Malka, Malava Malka. We escort the Shabbos out. Gam Usher was also involved here. Hayazro, they were the strong men of Levnate Lotzel. It seemed that whatever role Ammon and Moab had, so the Usher Assyrians helped out. Now, what's the idea of Nilva and what's the idea of Gam? So Mepharshim say a fascinating thing. The idea of Nilvas, they were really from far away, right? If you talk about it, it was this family, the one surrounding Israel and things like that. And Usher, Mepharshim say, were further away. Gam, even they, despite their geographical difference, distance, they also got involved in the fight. Oh, a chance to fight the Jewish people? We're not going to miss that, right? They don't want to miss the fun. These accompanying forces. So... Accordingly, putting this together, we don't just see a bunch of individual fighters. It could be that we see the ideological leaders, Esav and Yishmol. Then we have their accompanying forces who are fully engaged in the battle, many of them in the family. And then you have these either bad guys who just jump on to, to fights that's not even theirs. And like Rav said, Alecha Brisikarosu, for for the hatred of the Jewish people, they can all get involved. And they can all they can all play a role. And they can all all, all jump in. Why 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 mess out? Mivarshim also say the idea of the gam is that this was after the fall of Sancheiruv, right? As as it's spoken about, Mufurash and that the Syrian army was a tremendous tremendous koach. koach. Of course, Asher was the destroyers, and uh, at a certain point. They were uh, coming against Yerushalayim, and then they were knocked out in one night in a miraculous way. And the point is, they should have learned the lesson. So that's the idea of the Gam. Even though they should have known, even they came, right? They had felt the wrath of Hashem when they go against the Rosh Hashem, and yet they came anyway. Gam, that's the, that's the Gam. Even they, they, so they're accompanying. There's two, two uniquenesses in, in Usher's involvement and the Syrian involvement. One, that they were like side players, helping out the strong force, so maybe special forces, something like that in today's jargon. But they were also, they should have learned a lesson. And this again goes to that Yisod of Hirsch, the I would say it in terms of like, we know, just like Avim Kalkelsashir, love takes one out of the straight thinking. So Sin also does that, like, Usher, you know what will happen. You know what happened last time you took on the Jewish people. What are you doing? That didn't hold them back. One more thing about these nations. If we look at it, let's count it up. Edom, Yishmol, two. Moab, three. Hagram, four. Kval, five. Amon, six. Amalek, seven. Pleshus, eight. Yoshitzur, nine. Gam, Usher, and Yavimam is ten. I think it's significant that they're ten. This is my insight to see how the Shemaya. Ten we always find is a full set. Right, the ten mamarim that the world created through Eser Makos, Eser Sedibris, of course, tends to says there are ten languages of tefillah. Chazal says there are ten languages of joy. Obviously, ten is always represents like a full set. So I thought that was very relevant over here. There's a there's a full rishus that's coming at us. It's not it's not just this and it's just that. There's there's a complete 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 forces out there, forces of evil, who are trying uh, to destroy us. And we will, next time, we will learn what we pray, that Rav 
should do to these uh, back then to these negative forces. Today in our negative forces, and by the time of our next episode, we should see Yeshua Yisrael. Uh, we should see all the uh, Shvuim come back, and only good for each and every member of Kali Yisrael. Amen. Amen.